We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of Best of Everything with Michaela Bennett. Michaela gets you up to date on all the latest news and storylines from all of our shows on KCSN. Whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, KU, K-State, Mizzou, Sporting KC, or the KC Current, Michaela has you covered. Best of Everything is proudly presented by Charlie Hustle, your go-to when needing some new gear for any of your favorite local teams. Don't forget to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything from the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network of 2022. And now, the latest episode of Best of Everything. This is the Best of Everything presented by Charlie Hustle, and there's a lot going on right now in football, but there's a lot going on in the NFL, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But right now, I want to rewind a little bit to talk about the Chiefs win versus the Broncos last week. Now, the Chiefs like to do this fun thing where they play teams closer than they should. And that's exactly what they did last week against the Denver Broncos. However, on the breakdown this week, Matt Castle sits down and talks about one of the great plays that the Chiefs had that set them up for success in this offense and against the Denver Broncos. As you mentioned, the show is going on. The Chiefs have their game this weekend against the Raiders. Before we get into that, uh, as we do, we'll look back at a few of the big plays that stood out from that Broncos game. The Chiefs finding a way to get the win, 27-24 game. Again, it's a little bit closer than you would have expected or from a Chiefs perspective would have hoped. Um, but again, a win's a win. And as of right now, the Chiefs are in position to get the one seed. We'll dig into that a little bit more later. But Matt, let's get into some of these plays um, because we saw some special things from Patrick Mahomes out on that field once again. Walk us through this first one. Yeah, this is great. They start a three by one formation to bring Kadarius Tony back into the backfield, which he normally isn't. He's a wide receiver. So they're just giving the defense a different look in which they have to adjust to this. And as you see, they go to a post safety defense. Simmons comes down weak. So it's a weak side post safety zone. Here, what they're trying to do is they're trying to create somewhat of a little rub and hopefully that Simmons runs underneath Kelsey as he goes. But as you'll see this, Kelsey's got the end cut. You got Juju sitting over the ball and you got Kadarius taking off on like like this bullet route or seam route from the backfield that they like. Now, really good job by Kelsey here. I don't know uh, whether or not he should have been called on that because he <laughs> it looks like deliberately ran into Simmons, which is what you want on a rub, and they didn't call it, which was great. 
But at the end of the day, now Simmons is scrambling, right? He's trying to catch up to Tony. He sees that he's going to go try to take this route vertically. And so as he starts to run, I think Mahomes does a really good job. But he's cued into this throw, right? I think he's throwing this ball hell or high water because Simmons is able to recover, get on top of him, but he never gets his head around. I thought the throw itself was a great throw because it was accurate. It slowed him up, back shoulder, didn't give Simmons time to get his head around and respond to it. And then Kadarius Tony again, you can tell what type of playmaker he is. He's unique with the ball in his hands, makes a few guys miss, picks up some extra yards, and uh, it's a big play for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and you see the versatility of Tony, the ability to move him around all over the field, move him into the backfield. Um, and as you said, he, it, once he gets that ball in his hands, he's electric. He really is. He's like another running back out there uh, when he's in the open field. And, uh, yeah, that ball placement's incredible. Um, and you do. You gain respect. as you, Justin Simmons' ability to get back over the top of this and make it a more mm-hmm. difficult throw for Mahomes and make him have to go back shoulder. I mean, out of the, these two games against the Chiefs, I mean, you have to have all the respect in the world for uh, the type of player that Justin Simmons is. Right. He, he's a special, unique player. And you saw it show up in that second quarter when he made that play and he undercut for the interception. But right here, even I, what I also liked about it was Mahomes' subtle movement. I think he knew where he wanted to go with the ball. He easily could have put that ball on Juju Smith's um, just put it on his body right now for a first down, but then he subtly moves and it's that subtle quickness in the pocket. He's really good at this is you'll see it from this other angle. He's, he sidesteps that defense, gets back up into the pocket, and rips this ball. And it's his ability to throw the ball accurately off platform. So watch this. He subtle movement, boom, steps up, and on the run is able. His shoulders aren't even square. Like it's not totally square to Tony. That's what makes him so remarkable in his skill set. Like there's not a hardly anybody in the league that can do or make these type of throws. Yeah, and that's, that's what I love about this play because I love the play design. I love the concept of motioning Tony in the backfield and, and creating this rub. And the Chiefs execute it well. Kelsey executes it well. The Broncos, you know, account for it. And Simmons gets back into position. The Chiefs still find a way to get a big play out of it, even with the Broncos adjusting and, and taking away what they want it to be. Because I think the goal here is you pick Justin Simmons there with Kelsey – and and Tony's free down the sideline, and this is a touchdown. But um, you know, you still end up with a huge play out of it, even with the Broncos adjusting. It's impressive. That's the that's the part about it, about playing Kansas City. It's just frustrating, right? You could have the right defense called, you could be in perfect position. But again, I always say this: you you not only have to play the play against the Kansas City Chiefs, but you have to play the Patrick Mahomes effect, right? And that is him being able to create in any circumstance and guys making plays because all these guys are playmakers. While the Kansas City Chiefs did end up pulling that out, a team that did not have as much success on the football field this past week was the Kansas State Wildcats in their loss to the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Sugar Bowl. Now, on three ball this week, the guys talked about was this a disappointing game? What kind of game was this? It it wasn't really a heartbreaking loss just because you kind of saw it coming. It wasn't like it was a last second field goal like Georgia and Ohio State, but it was still a loss in the Sugar Bowl. And Kansas State unfortunately ends their great season, Big 12 champions, with a loss. But on three ball this week, the guys talked about the Sugar Bowl, what this loss really means, and if they really expected this going into the game against Bama. 
when you lose like that, you don't feel quite the same pain because it doesn't feel like, you know, you can kind of check out in the second half, right? Like I'd emotionally checked out, you know, heartbreaking losses late in games, they, they tend to hurt more. But, you know, when you rewatch that game and when you look back at that game, like DY just said, I think this is a competitive game from start to finish if K-State gets a touchdown in the last minute of the first half. They were two yards away from making this a very competitive game. And if you actually look at K-State's drives in the first half, K-State had four drives that probably should have resulted in points. They had five drives overall, only one where they punted. Uh, They got to the Alabama 39 on the first drive of the game, and they were rolling. And it was first and 10, and, you know, Will Will made a, a poor decision and threw the ball downfield to Deuce, and it was picked off by battle for Alabama. But that's a drive they could have gotten points on, and then they settled for a field goal when they were at the Alabama 23 and they ended up getting the touchdown on the 88 yard run. And then they went, turned it over on downs on the, the last drive of the half, what was an 18 play drive, which was the perfect drive, you know, that absorbed 10 minutes a clock. And if it could have resulted in a touchdown, uh, you know, that's one of those drives. You think back to Washington in the holiday bowl in 1999, not the same stage, but 20 play drive to, to seal that game against the Huskies that K-State had, you know, that that's kind of what that drive felt like. And unfortunately, uh, things didn't work out and it kind of snowballed from there. But I, I really do think if K-State gets a touchdown there, this is a game from start to finish. And I know those missed expectations is why Kleiman then made the decisions afterwards that he did to respond to them. I get, and I know we're probably going to touch on it. I just, I, I have a hard time criticizing some of those just because I think he knew he had to steal possessions once they uh, missed out on those opportunities. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I'm not even still convinced that it's a competitive game all the way through if they get the touchdown to go up 17-14. I think then it it pro- it's probably competitive through the third quarter. I still it just felt like Bryce Young was he was doing too much uh that that Bama was still probably going to win that game by a couple of scores, but it certainly would have looked a lot better, felt a lot better, been more competitive. I mean, we saw the the number come out afterwards that 9 million people uh watched the Sugar Bowl, you know, could have held a, an audience for a little bit longer. Some other big news in Kansas City is that Sporting Kansas City almost got Cristiano Ronaldo to come to Kansas City to play for Sporting Kansas City, which is wild and raises so many questions, some financial questions, some legal questions, just a lot of questions in general. But on no other pod, the guys talked about this and what the possibility of Cristiano Ronaldo coming to Kansas City really was. And how did this all come about? How how do we go from now he's playing in Saudi Arabia to, or it could have been Kansas City? That just seems very different. Um, but the guys talked about that. And are they really shocked or disappointed that he's not playing with Kansas City? So it first came out from Taylor Twelman on Twitter and, and it was kind of a, a weird thing because I was like, I don't know, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, he goes, multiple MLS teams inquired about Ronaldo and his future, but one team was already at the table, Sporting KC. Oh Their offer God. was so compelling that Ronaldo's team had multiple meetings with SKC before taking the Saudi deal. The package, wages slash commercial, was said to be very close. And so I what? see that, and that's... 6.49 p.m. Central Time on December 30th. And I'm like, I think I even sent it to you. And You're I was like, like, Taylor's been hacked. 
<laughs> I, I was like, this can't be true. Like, is Taylor lying? I don't understand what's going on. He would never lie, but this, I mean, well, there's something going on. I mean, I was being, you know, intentionally hyperbolic, but I was like, this, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like sporting Kansas city interested and close to signing Cristiano Ronaldo is, I mean, I'm like, this isn't FIFA. And even in FIFA, the game's probably like, now nah, you don't have the budget for this. Like you can't do this. <laughs> this isn't a real thing. And it's then not real. And then when I was like, holy shit, it is real is when Mr. Tom Bogert, who is a very legitimate MLS journalist, he covers the league. He writes uh, for MLS soccer.com, et cetera. Yep. He goes, sources can confirm Sporting KC were the MLS team that came closest to signing Cristiano Ronaldo. Talks ongoing for weeks. It was a real possibility. The package was very good. Plans were being made to make it happen. Here's my favorite line. SKC had his discovery rights, i.e. the path to sign him. Of course, which is weird. But listen, this is on a multitude of levels here. This is weird, dude. Mm -hmm. And like just to... I mean, I'm a, I'm a Ronaldo fan of his mm-hmm. game. I, I mm-hmm. like the documentary Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. I have that on DVD. It's very good. Right. Um, is he a prick? Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of a prick. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he a sexual abuser? We'll never know. We don't know. But uh, there were allegations out there in the U.S. and that uh, that was something. So I think that uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. All that said and done, bad person or not, he's a big time name. A big time name that Kansas City does, has no business being in the co- same conversation with. It's such a weird story that, like, I still—I mean, it's been almost a week to digest this. Yeah, and I'm still sitting here almost in disbelief that we're talking about on our podcast that Sporting Kansas City almost reportedly signed Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, flyover country, Sporting Kansas City, flyover. There's all Quotes. sorts of aspects we can we can tackle this from. There's there's a few angles that I want to talk about here. Um, let me start off by saying this might be... A, I don't think this is a hot take. This might be a little bit of a hot take. I actually think the way this transpired, the way this report came out, the way this transpired, but Cristiano Ronaldo ultimately not signing with Sporting Kansas City, best case scenario. Sure. This is best case scenario for exactly how this could have transpired for Sporting Kansas City. Now, some of you out there might be saying... What do you mean this is best case scenario? Wouldn't you want Cristiano Ronaldo, who would probably bag 30 goals a season in MLS on your team? You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Well, if you want to find out why they are upset that he is not going to be with Sporting Kansas City, you can check out the full episode, No Other Pod, on Kansas City Sports Network. And we had a special guest this week on Mizzou That's Who to talk about college basketball. We had Kobe Brown, current Mizzou Tiger, and he's had some pretty big plays the past couple games. And the the Mizzou Tigers have had some really big wins lately. Now, Kobe, he talks about... It's kind of surreal right now whenever he goes up to the line and people are chanting his name. But he talks about that on Mazuda too. And Gabe Diarman asked him some questions about what it really feels like to be on that line in an arena, everyone watching him. Kobe, now you might be shocked to know that none of the three of us have ever experienced this, but I'm just curious back to back games, you have walked to the free throw line and heard an entire arena basically <laughs> chanting your name. <laughs> I saw you kind of tweeted out a video of that I, I mean, what's that what's that feeling like when you, you kind of look around and you have 15,000 people chanting your name? Man, it's, it's so surreal. Uh, it's something you dream of. You know, like I was telling, you know, my bro- talking to my brother about it the other day. Uh, you know, like on NBA 2K, you, you score like 50 points with like LeBron or somebody. You go to the line and they just scream in MVP or whatnot. It's just a moment you never would think will happen to you. And it's, it was just so surreal. And I, I love this place. Uh, we love it, too. Um, I think I tweeted that at you yesterday, um, that we love having you here. Uh, but happy birthday. Happy New Year. Uh, I kind of wanted to ask you how it feels to because you've been at Mizzou for a while and, you know, you've played in all sorts of uh crowd levels i guess you could say how does it feel to see the fans like fully buy into what you guys are doing oh man it's amazing it's amazing uh you know having that support is is always good it it makes us better you know it's easy it's easier to you know play basketball when you have so much support behind you uh in the arena and just in the community um every day so you know it's we we really appreciate all our fans and it's they're huge for us you had a had a couple big games here. You're starting that conference stretch, starting this conference play. You guys go into conference play now after beating Kentucky ranked in the AP pool. How has that been? Has it been kind of a, a little bit of a, a reward to how you guys have been playing recently, or do you guys even think about that at all? Uh, you know, we, you know, it's good to have the ranking because you know, you know, you just want to see that you know your hard work is paying off and that you know people are recognizing it. But you know, we don't we, we don't really care too much about it. Uh, you know, we just want to keep doing what we're doing. What we're doing is working. Uh, we need to stay together and just keep knocking off the Giants. And, you know, that's that's all, all our main goal is. Kobe, what what changed in the last two to three weeks? Not not just for you, but for this team. I, I mean, it's it's easy to to look from the outside and, and say, you know, the the KU game, all of a sudden, maybe there was a wake up call or something or did anything change? Uh, yeah, I, w- I would say so. I would say, like, you know, every loss, like I said, is uh, we like we like to take it as a learning as a learning moment uh, instead of just like a loss and brush on the rug. So, you know, with that, I know the loss was 
was pretty bad, but it was it was a learning point and it helped us grow. And I want to say like we're 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 more of a team after that. You know, you have to go through stuff to for things to get better. And I know that that was a big focal point in our season. I'm uh, I'm not happy about what happened, but I'm glad you know we we got the learning uh, opportunity from it. I think everyone can kind of see how close you are. It's a really, it's really cool to see from the outside. Um, like coach, we saw uh, Coach Gates like jump on your back while you were doing an inter- interview, and it was, it was such a cool like moment as a Mizzou fan and as somebody who you know truly loves this university. Um, how, like, what would a tournament, getting into the tournament and like winning a game in the tournament mean for you? Man, it would be huge. Uh, you know, it's always been my dream to – well, at first it was my dream to go to the tournament, and then I, I accomplished that. Now my – like, but the second part of that is to, you know, win in the tournament. Uh, and I haven't been able to do that. I know we lost first the first game against Oklahoma two years ago, so that was a bummer. But, you know, just being able to make it back this year and, you know, to really the goal is to win it. But, you know, yeah, winning the game would be great, especially for the fans. I know they would love it. So, you know, we, like, we got to do what we can to make that happen. Well, the show is going on and week 18 is here for the NFL. So on Casey Laboratory this week, guys, obviously, like they always do, sat down to break down last week's win over the Denver Broncos and look ahead to the game versus the Las Vegas Raiders this week. Now, of course, the Raiders will be without Derek Carr. There's still a lot of questions there. And the Chiefs, another AFC division matchup. We don't really know what Andy Reid is going to throw into this game. Now, will it be one of those, let's try some things to see how they're going to work in the playoffs. You know, week 18 is a little bit tricky because sometimes some teams just kind of fall on their faces. They don't really have a lot to play for, but Vegas has some to play for right now. So the Chiefs still have some to play for, Um, you know, with everything going on in the AFC right now with the Bills and the Bengals, there's still a number one seed that's kind of has a question mark around it. But on Casey Laboratory this week, they broke down last week's win, and what they're expecting out of this week against the Raiders. They might come out this week against the Raiders and just try to pound the rock and just try to get out with the game. I don't know what they'll do. Andy's going to pick something that they want to work on for the playoffs, and it's going to be there. And I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if it's the vertical passing game again as discombobulated it looked last week. Like, it might happen again. But whatever it is, they're going to pick something that's going to matter for the playoffs. I think that's what this last off, you know, the game plan was based around, and it had, it had mixed results, but I don't get bent up about the not running part of it. Yeah. I, defensive coordinators are terrified of giving up explosive plays. Like, that is the number one thing. Like, it, they they hate it. It keeps them up at night. It doesn't matter who it is. It's not like there's defensive coordinators that are sitting there going, well, they don't have Tyreek, so we can play single high all game. No. Yeah. If they're seeing guys get open, if they're seeing those routes there, and even if it's not connecting, it's still going to be one of those. It's like, oh hell, okay. It's third and this. We got it. This. We, uh, there's that look again. We saw him get vertical. It, you know, it's it's going to change the way you think. You hit on one. You hit on two, which they did this past week. Hit on a couple of those. Now you've got Lou Anaromo sitting there going, "Damn it!" Now they're there's they're trying that stuff again. It's not just taking what's in front of them. It's not just forcing them to play patient and trying to take that stuff away and rally to the ball. We got to make sure we stay over the top of this stuff. I know that MVS isn't the most reliable hands person in the world there, but man, that's, that's all it takes. That's all it takes to knock a defense into 
you know, split safety coverages, protecting their corners, making sure that they keep everything over the top is one. Like that's all it takes is one or the threat of one. And the Chiefs this week definitely put that threat on tape. All right, stickers, slaps, and spirits time. Uh, I know we're all getting ready for uh, for a big Monday night football game. So we're going to do stickers, slaps, and spirits, and then we'll do one other quick thing before we get out of here. Uh, my helmet sticker goes to Justin Reed. I thought he had potentially his best game uh, as a chief this week, getting used a little bit more close to the line of scrimmage at times. But also, I have to give him a helmet sticker for this tweet he just put out uh, about 30 minutes ago, really hoping Higby can catch a few touchdowns today. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh, oh it's, it's perfect, perfect. but oh, but slapping a good job matthew what you got uh God, i don't ever remember i'm next um let's <laughs> slap to uh sky Moore. um we saw a slight uh, not even an uptick in snap count it was just really the usage i think he still played about what 15 snaps which is barely up from his average uh justin watson's dipped down it didn't seem like a lot with the sky Moore, but when he was out there you saw the Chiefs fling the ball out to him a little bit on these little like wide receiver screens. You saw them get him going on some jet motions that they were trying to turn into some wheel routes. They did it a couple times. Denver was on top of it. You saw him get the seam route. It looked like he was actually involved in the offense, not just being a guy thrown out there to hold a position on the backside of a formation. Again, everything Andy Reid was doing these last two weeks is going to be for a purpose. I think there's a reason that Sky Moore played roughly the same amount of snaps but all of a sudden was involved in real parts of the Chiefs offense going forward. And he I mean, he did well when he had the chances too. Like, I don't want to skip over that. He did a really good job on the few chances that he did got besides the, you know, drop low pass on the seam route. Well, you guys once again left Jarek McKinnon and Chris Jones both on the table there, <laughs> but I, I toasted them last night. No so shout out to them. But um, my whole ass bottle of vodka is going to Blake Bell for being the 11th touchdown cake bell being the 11th touchdown pass different person that patrick Mahomes has thrown a touchdown pass to this season i obviously getting immediately integrated back into the chiefs with their heavy personnel showing a little more of that his ability to come in and have that one catch for 17 yards is so important to this offense it really is it gives them that extra little dynamic we've seen noah gray grow into stuff Having Blake Bell being a guy that they can trust to go in there, block on 95% of the plays that he's going to be on, but still be a dynamic enough weapon receiving to go out and make a play. So whole last bottle of vodka to Blake Bell there. Well, a lot of guys to watch on the Chiefs offense and defense and on outside the trenches this week. BJ asked an important question for Chiefs fans. How worried should Chiefs fans be right now? It feels like everyone is so gone ho about the Chiefs and they're so solid. And then we watch one quarter of Chiefs football and we just go into panic mode. I'm guilty of that myself, but it's just the Chiefs are a little bit inconsistent right now. And sometimes Chiefs fans like to get worried whenever it comes to things. I would love to see a little bit more consistency in the Chiefs as a whole, but Tucker provides some really good insight into this game against the Raiders and how worried the Chiefs should be and the Chiefs fans should be going into playoffs. How worried should Chiefs fans feel um, going into this final game of the season that depending upon how all of this stuff plays out, we don't know uh, on the seeding stuff because of the obvious stuff going on with Buffalo and thoughts you know, with DeMar Hamlin and hopefully we get more good news um, that he keeps continuing to trend in the right direction. But Tucker, what are your thoughts on how 
we should approach this game on Saturday mentally. Well, well, Chiefs fans are no stranger to the feeling of the Chiefs playing down to their opponents, right? I think that it seems like every year we find ourselves in the position of, man, the Chiefs should really be winning these games by 14, 21 points, but it, they're, they're always not covering or, uh, you know, playing very close games to teams that they shouldn't be like like beating the Texans in overtime. Shout out to Joseph Hefner because he kind of dove into this analytically on the uh, KCSN Substack. So make sure kcsn.substack.com find the link in the description below or just go to that website. You can find this article too. If uh, I believe it was uh, as a free article too. So you can go Mm -hmm. out and find it. Um, He dove into win probability, uh, which every game has win probability throughout every play, which is it's, it's, it's crazy that they are able to do that. And so in games where the Chiefs have a win probability of between 81 and 100%, 95% of those games that the Chiefs have played in, they're wins. So the Chiefs are winning games they're supposed to be winning, but they're 15th in cover percentage in those gimme games, quote-unquote, at 49%. So they're winning the games that they need to, but they're not covering and they're not beating these teams like they, quote-unquote, should be beating these teams. Another interesting stat here, this is also from Joseph, the only game where the uh, the Chiefs in that 81 to 100% win percentage category Kansas City has lost uh, out of 19 out of 19 total games the only one they've lost was 2020 week 5 versus the Raiders um and that was a different Raiders team Derek Carr was the quarterback they've got a lot of different things to play for now and with this Raiders iteration because the difference between this Raiders team and the Broncos team is they know the staff's going to be here the Raiders can't afford to fire this staff the staff is going to be here they just want to see what you know Jared Stidham could do. It's interesting with Jared Stidham because he's been with Josh McDaniels when he was in New England. So this is a system that he's been familiar with, that he can run, that he's probably known for his whole career. Um, so I, I think that it's a very interesting game when you're looking at it because this is not like a Bronco situation where we were trying to figure out how those guys would rally and play, and they did rally and play. They've seemed to really rally behind Russell Wilson too, even after the game. They've come out. They've uh, definitely shown some fight, some spirit, especially against the uh, the 49ers, which the team looks like an absolute wagon right now. It could be a rematch of Super Bowl uh, LIV if we aren't too careful. But I do think that this is this is interesting, um, especially with, with the Raiders and, and what they're playing for right now. Well, it could be a rematch of Super Bowl LIV indeed. But the Chiefs have a long way to go before they get to the Super Bowl. But we hope that they are there in Arizona again, ending their season where they started week one. But we will see what happens. There is a lot to figure out right now in NFL as a whole, praying for Damar Hamlin. But we will see what happens in the NFL, and we will have everything that you need to know right here on The Best for Thing, presented by Charlie Hustle. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, 
for the ones who get it done.